Hello, you're listening to Ready, Set, Go! Real Estate Investing Podcast, presented by Brandon Elliott. This show will be going over all aspects of real estate investing and is intended to educate, motivate, and prepare you to take action on your first or next real estate investment. For more information, please visit BrandonElliottInvestments.com. Thank you for listening and enjoy. Welcome back, everyone, to Ready, Set, Go! Real Estate Investing Podcast. I'm your host, Mr. Brandon Elliott. I'm very pumped today. We got a special guest um, coming from Ohio and uh, he's been in the game for the last few years, just crushing it and just really building that momentum like crazy. So, you know, it it just only makes sense to have a rock star like himself on here, uh, just building the momentum. And as we were talking, we were talking about like, what would be the best value to be able to give to any of the listeners out there to really be able to take action and, and, you know, focus on what this podcast is about, which is geared towards educating people, motivating them and preparing them to take action. And we're talking that, you know, real estate, a lot of people are just over complicating things and it can be a lot more simplified. So today we're going to simplify real estate investing for you guys. And, uh, and it's just gonna, we're going to break it down really simple for you and, uh, be able to get a lot of breakthroughs here, you know, the good, the bad, the ugly with, uh, with, you know, a rock star over on the East coast, Midwest area, just crushing in real estate. So with that being said, Terry, what's going on, brother? What's up, Brandon? How you doing, man? Good, good. Good, baby. (laughs) Good. What's good? What's good? Man, everything's good. I'm blessed. Can't complain. Awesome, man. So, so what's new with you? Man, we're, uh, man, I feel like everyone on social media is like, ah, oh, we're killing it. We're killing the game. But man, I gotta be honest. We really are killing it, man. Um, it's taken a long time to get here. It's been, gosh, six, seven years in the making. But, okay. uh, you know, I, it's just real estate's one of those games. Uh, I had an old man once tell me, he said, look, you just, you just as long as you stick in the game, you don't sell. Just as long as you stay in the game. You'll, it'll work itself out in the end. And it's, it's so true, man. It's just one of those things. It is a, you got to be a, a patient person. You got to be in it for the long haul. This ain't no short term, get rich quick thing. You got to be in it to win it for the long, long haul. So. I love it. It's so true. It really is. So for anybody out there that doesn't know exactly who t- like Terry Summers is and the real estate, you know, where you come from, who you are as a person, you mind just giving a, a quick background of who you are and, where you come from? Yeah, man, for sure. So I'm from the C-Bus. I'm representing Columbus, Columbus, Ohio. Um, no, I love my city. I love my city. Uh, for those of you guys that don't know, my name is Terry with an A. That's T to the A, R-R-Y, Summers. Uh, born and raised Columbus, Ohio. And I got to be honest, the market is just, it works here. It's good here. And that's why I ain't left yet. So, uh, but yeah, man, no, I, I um, born and raised here. I got started in real estate investing. Uh, gosh, I bought, I bought my first house when I was 24. Yeah, 24. Yeah. Um, and uh, wow, that's been, been a while ago, man. Been a while ago. But really what, what started my, my love for real estate, Brandon, was uh, my grandmother, you know, uh, God rest her soul. She would, um, she would make me uh, draw these skyscrapers because I love skyscrapers. And I'm like, yeah, I want to build one of these one day. And she said, well, you're going to have to be an architect to do that. Yeah. Now I know all you got to do is own the damn building. And that's a lot easier to do than go to school and be an architect. But 
that just, it, that was like my first love for real estate. And uh, I even did a live not too long ago. And what's so cool about it is even like as a kid, you see these big buildings or you, these warehouses or whatever, it's, uh, you always feel like you're shopping. You always get a high because no matter when you go out in your car and you just drive, dude, I'm shopping. It's like uh, someone has a shopping addiction, only <laughs> I get to do it every single day. That's right. Uh, that, that, that's what kind of first started my, my love for and passion for real estate. Okay. I love it. So, you know, that, that got you started, but what, what, um, I mean, at 24, what made you actually think, you know, this is the right spot to start parking some money or jump into? Like, what was that first deal? What did yeah, that mean? For sure. So, uh, just to give you guys a little background. I was in the fitness industry for about, gosh, uh, four years and, uh, fitness industry. I loved it. I graduated from college with an exercise science degree. I wanted to be a trainer. I mean, you know, being a meathead for the next, like, 20, 30 years of your life sounds pretty cool. Uh, but then you start living in the gym. You start sleeping in the gym. And you start realizing this is not a long-term life. And this isn't a lifestyle that I can have a family with and grow with. Hmm. And so, um, yeah, I guess uh, as you guys see around me, I call this the Key West room. Because yeah. literally, that was like the place that changed my life. And what happened was, is I, I, had, um, I had snuck, I was in the gym business. I just got promoted I'm going to this uh, brand new gym and it, I think it was like the second week I was there and uh, the girl at the time she was like hey let's take this vacation down to Florida and I'm like I can't leave dude like I can't leave like no I'm gonna get in trouble so I do what a reasonable reasonable person does I get on a plane and go to Florida because it's like a three-day trip and so we go down to Fort Lauderdale and we go to this this place called Key West and, you know, anyone that, that's grinding away, like, you know, nine to five, nine to nine, nine to whatever, it's a grind, man. And, and when, you, when you're stuck in one building all the time, you don't really have that chance to see freedom at all. Just the ability to go out and drive in your car is like, you know, a, a luxury. Yeah. So we went down to Key West and literally, man, we, um, we hung out on the north, I think it was the northwest corner of the island. Okay. And uh, just went to this bar and, dude, we talked to every different, like, all types of people, man. We met a couple from St. Louis. There's a, uh, a group of guys from Louisiana we talked to. And what was cool is like, as we're sitting at this bar, literally it was the first time in my entire life, bro. Like I saw the sun go up at like 12 o'clock. And by the time I looked at my watch, the sun was starting to set and it was like 6:30. And I'm like, Holy shit, bro. Like this is what freedom like feels like. This is what it feels like. Yeah. And so it's kind of like that Tony Robbins thing. I was getting it from both ends. You know, I had that, that pain point where, you know, I'm working in the gym, like literally 12, 14, 16 hours a day. I'm sleeping on the couch, bro. Sleeping on the couch every single, every single week trying to close deals. But then I got this taste of freedom. So I had the motivation from both ends. Of course. So we, we, we go back to Columbus, fly back in, snuck into my gym, boss didn't know. And uh, it just so happens I met my first, my first mentor. Um, and he said it, exactly what I said at the beginning of the show. He said, look, if you're going to put your money in something, because I told him, I'm like, man, I got a little bit of money. And by a little bit of money, meaning like eight grand, like yeah. nothing crazy. And I'm like, man, I, I'm kind of rolling. I got this money. You know what do I do with it? And he's like, dude, whatever you do, just put it in real estate. And especially at the market at that time, this is like 2011. Uh, okay. He's like, no matter what, it will always go up. It'll, it, you'll have your downturns. But if you just hang on and you never sell, because okay. the day that you sell is the day you can never, ever make money off the property again. Yep. And that's, that's just, that's, that's kind of where I started. So my first mentor was a landlord. Uh, I think he owned like 36 or 37 rental properties at the time. Okay. And for me, I'm like, wow, like this is, 
this yeah. is crazy. You know, this guy's like God to me, you know? And so that's what led me to buy my very first property. And uh, I think after, like two months after that, uh, closed on a HUD home for $79,423. I put the 423 in there because that's my birthday. Yeah, I yeah. thought like magically that would get me, you know, a deal that would close. And so, yeah, that it started off with that first property. Um, and uh, for, for me, man, I, I looked at it this way. They're, they're going to give me a loan. And I lived in the properties. So I said, okay, they're going to give me a loan for basically 97% of this property. I only have to put down four grand. I've got eight. I'm going to put down four. And I've got to put about four or five into it. Then that property, six months later, appraised out at $128,000. Mm. So I'm like, okay, I just plugged in eight and I just gained 28. Are you kidding me? That's and my payment's only going to go up like $70 a month. Bro, it was like a no brainer. I'm, I'm like, scratch my head. Like, why isn't the hell, why isn't everyone doing this? Yeah, exactly. It makes no sense to not do it. I love so it. that was like my first like real estate deal. That's what got me freaking hooked, juiced, amped. And you know, what was great about it, I didn't have to pay tax on any of that money. Like this $28,000 check, I didn't have to pay a single dime in tax because it was a loan. It's just utilizing the bank to be able to, to, to use the compound interest and make it work in your favor. And that's, that's all it was. So short story, man, that, that, that's what got it rolling. So that, that very first property you got with a, a HUD, it was a HUD uh, online auction or yeah, it, was a, it was a HUD online auction. And uh, yeah, we, we bid on it. And because you're, if now here's a little tidbit for the listeners. Yeah. If you want to buy an owner occupant property that's in distress and you want to eliminate competition, go through the HUD home store because investors cannot bid on those properties. Yeah. The first so, what, three weeks or so, or four weeks, four weeks, 30 days, Yeah, 30 days. The first, so if you want to get in your first deal, boom, it's easy. Yeah. And then, so you have to be owner occupied. You have to live there. And, um, and then, but I mean, you can get away with only put down 3%, which is nothing, nothing, which is huge. You know, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, and the ability to get that compound interest working in your favor yeah. with minimal, minimal money down. And, and, I hate when people say, Oh, well, I'm not going to move. And you know, dude, someone going to get like for me as a, as a 25 year old at the, at the time when this happened, I'm like, they're going to give me a check for 28 grand, bro. I'll move. I'll move. I'll move. <laughs> I'll move. That's right. I love it. So what, what have you done since then? You know, so uh, just a little we, um, overview. Yeah. So, so since then, man, um, you know, uh, originally we started out with, uh, with single family houses, we still do a ton of single family houses, a ton of single family rentals. Yeah. Um, I, you have like your buy and hold investors. I like to say that I'm a buy and hoard investor because <laughs> I just want to like, I just want to buy everything and just hold on to it and just, you know, back it up. Um, yeah, yeah, no doubt. Right. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, man, so we, we started off with single families. Um, and you know, eventually, you know, you gobble up enough of these things. The management becomes a little bit of a nightmare then you try the third party management. If that's not working, you have to get economies of scale working in your favor. Um, so once we got to, uh, once we got enough single families, we started getting into apartment land, um, which the first apartment was really a three unit. Um, then the next one was a 16. The next one was a 36. And we're just, we're moving on from there. I love it. Yeah, man. The, uh, the economies of scale. Yeah. That is just, it's, it's not, it's not rocket science. It's just the more units you have in one freaking area, the easier it is to manage. Yeah. And I think that's, that's something people don't realize. Like this shit's not an annuity, dude. It's not just going to spit out cash flow for you. Yeah. You got to manage it too. 
No, of course. You know, so many people ask me on a regular basis, like, how are you managing your own properties from long distance? I'm like, well, they're all right around the corner from each other. They're all in the same neighborhood. So yeah. I, I purchased in the same area. I built relationships every time I go over there. So, you know, tenants call me or they, they let me know, send me a picture of what's going on. It's in their lease to do that. And then when I get that, I send it right over to, I forward it to uh, any of my contractors or handyman connect them to and then they bill me afterwards do a credit card swipe afterwards good to go it's easy yeah so yeah. so let's simplify real estate for any like listeners out there that acknowledge real estate is the way but uh there's something that's holding them back there's a lot there's a lot of you know different ways different paths that they could take and sure uh, you know even if you just hop on social media or or youtube trying to get some education then you could see one person that's going to distract you and say, you know, fix and flip is the way to go. I'll make it super simple for you or wholesaling or rentals, whatever it may be. Um, so, you know, how would you simplify it? Yeah. I mean, I, I think first off, you got to look at your situation, you know, what, well, your situation, your skill sets and your goals. I mean, if you have absolutely dog shit credit, you don't have any money. Guess what, bro? And you don't know anybody with money. You're probably going to have to learn how to wholesale. And you're probably going to have to sell, you know, if you're sitting on some cash or you got some good credit and you're not worried about the short term buck, then go learn how to do rentals. Mm -hmm. If you're like, look, I need to build this nest egg and I need to build it quick. Got some decent credit or I've got some, some access to private money and I've got some good contractors on my team. Dude, go flip houses. Yeah. Like it's, it's not, it's not that hard, but take inventory of who you are, what your skill sets are and what your situation is. So okay. that way you can figure out where you should position yourself in real estate. Yep. I recommend that to everybody. Like everybody that I tell right getting, you know, like in the beginning, trying to get started, yeah. distracted, do a little bit of education on everything to understand, you know, what you're getting into and then figure out what you resonate with and, and what kind of aligns with all of your goals and yeah. resources, everything. Absolutely, man. You know, uh, for, for me, my original goal was, okay, how can, how can Terry quit his job? And for Terry to be able to quit his job, I realized, hey, I don't want to just quit my job and find another job. And so that's what, that's what really, really attracted me to the rentals besides having uh, my first mentor. Um, and it was like, look, you know, for every property, you know, you've, we've got our taxes, insurance, mortgage, you know, some maintenance here and there. But at the end of the day, like if we can get to a certain number here, it was like, you know, I just wanted to replace my income. It's like, look, if I can just, if I can make eight grand off rentals a month, dude, I'm good. Like, yeah. I don't have to go get another job. Like if I just want to go mess around for a month, dude, I can't, you know? So like for me, it wasn't just building up a nest egg or building up cash. I wanted to have cash and residuals for the rest of my life. Now what, what sucks with that is you don't get instant gratification. It's delayed gratification and you have to wait your time. That's right. But if you're willing to stick in there for a long time, I, I mean, there's a number of charts that I could show anybody right now where if you hang on to a rental versus flipping it today, the compound interest over a long period of time is actually far greater off of holding than it is turning. Of course. Yeah. I mean, it's down for sure. So yeah. when it comes down to getting leads, you know, what, what would you recommend to somebody or how are you doing it? Uh, man. So right now uh, we just created our, uh, our wholesale department. Um, wholesaling has not been something that's been in my arsenal. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm super disorganized. I'll be the first one to tell you I suck at organization but one thing that I have that I, when I took inventory myself, I'm like, what am I good at? Yeah. Well, I, I like to think that, you know, I nurture and, and try to cultivate my relationships. 
And so one of the things I do every day, man, uh, I don't always make it to 10, but I just try to call 10 realtors. And it comes from my sales background. I'm like, look, if you make 60 calls a day, you're going to get one sale. Well, dude, if I call 10 realtors, you make 10 friends on the phone, dude, you're going to have a deal that month. I guarantee you. That's and right. usually if, we, if I call 10 realtors, I'm getting one deal. It's very, that very easy. It, so the real estate game is so, it, it's such a, I mean, any business really, but at the end of the day, it's such a relationship built business. You know, the more relationships you have and, and the more networking you do and, uh, you know, build relationships, paint the vision onto people, letting them know exactly what your plans are, your goals are, then people want to, you know, help out wherever they can. Absolutely. And, and on both sides of the coin, I mean, when I first, yeah, when, when I first started, there were people that's like, look, they saw the fire, they saw my vision. Yep. And, and, and when people see that, that you're willing to suffer for deals yep. and you're willing to go the extra mile, they want to help you. On the same token, there's people that are on the opposite side of the coin that's like, look, I just want to pull myself up your ladder. And, you know, and then you've got another deal on that, on, on that side too. So no matter where you're at with this game, like something that bothers me a lot is people say, well, I don't have the contacts. I don't have the network, yada, yada, yada. Dude, if you show up to enough RIA events, you call enough realtors, you call enough wholesalers, you're going to get a deal. Yeah. I mean, it's as simple as that. So for leads, right now, for, for leads right now, you're focusing mostly on wholesalers that, you know, building relationships with people and also agents. Yeah, for sure. So we, we call a lot of agents. We call a lot of wholesalers. Um, you know, and I, I honestly, man, I just try to block out like an hour of my day just to shoot the shit with whoever. Yeah. Because really, it's not about the deal. It's just about the relationship yep. and the deal will come. Of course. So, I mean, if you go on MLS and you try to bid on the first property that's on there, it's not going to work. Um, but if you go to the commercial broker who has a large brokerage downtown and you can cultivate a relationship with someone in that office, as soon as that deal comes in the office, that warehouse, that apartment or whatever, like we just got a, a big warehouse down the street and contract from this very same, uh, same strategy. But Dude, just make friends in that office. When yeah. that deal comes, dude, they don't want to list it. They don't want to put it on the market. They want to call three people they know that's going to be able to get that deal closed and be done with it and wipe their hands and do this. It just makes their job easy. It makes your job easy. But you have to build those relationships, man. You have to take inventory of those relationships. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, it's true. Um, okay, so I know you mentioned in the past as well, like one-on-one -on -one with me, you know, mm -hmm. jumping onto – uh, newspapers or anything listed and then you know making making the calls or um, or just reaching out and making a post you know mm -hmm. would, would you like to elaborate a little bit on that just any any newbies out there yeah so uh, one of the things that I'll say is I'm super old school yeah uh, so for anyone listening that's and I, I am still millennial I'm old millennial but I'm still millennial but for you non-millennials um, yeah, like if you guys still get the paper, okay, uh, one of the things that I do is I get Columbus Business First. Now, what's great about Columbus Business First is they actually publish leads in their newspaper every single week. So like if you, uh, for instance, they publish anyone that buys a property in Franklin County, which is Columbus, mm -hmm. um, they'll publish anyone that buys a house for more than 200000 in the lead section. Okay. Simple. If you get the, like we get the Columbus Dispatch too. If you see... Uh, you know, you'll see a retired landlord or someone that just doesn't know how to use the internet. You'd be surprised, man. A lot of people don't know how to use the internet. Yeah. So, dude, we had to teach two of our maintenance techs today how to use, a, we got these tablets, so that way they can like scan their receipts and 
they can scan their, their timesheet, do it on Excel instead of handwritten. Yeah. We had to do like an hour class on how to use email. So like it exists, man. Like these people are out here. But, um, but, but yeah, if you find a deal that's on there, um, you know, you can, you can go ahead and, um, you know, just look it up and sorry, my, I keep getting a phone call on here. I'm not sure who it is. Um, but yeah, you can, you can, you can easily just look that person up, say, Hey, what else you got? If that's not the deal for you, what else you got? You know, that's, that's a, a phrase I always leave every realtor and wholesaler with is, Hey, what else you got? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what else you got? To stay persistent. It's so important. Building the relationships and then whatever they bring to you, just keep on going, you know, let me know anything else. Keep on, you know, just build on that relationship and, and uh, stay persistent. I love it. Yeah, for sure. <clears throat> sure. So, um, so let's talk about, instead of simplifying right now, let's talk about any like learning curves that you've had over the years. Okay. Uh, learning curves, man. Um, th th this is something that I'll say is, uh, whatever, whatever we talk about, you know, if you want to wholesale, if you want to be an agent, if you want to do rentals, you want to do fix and flips, uh, whatever your game is, whatever your strategy is initially, at least starting out, do that. Like I see so many people trying to do everything. Like, I'll be honest. I tried to flip a house this year and uh, I think Austin Rutherford was on your show, right? Yeah. 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 He laughed at me. <laughs> it was so bad just because we're so used to doing rental style stuff and, and, and we do nice rentals. I mean, we put subway tile in, we don't do the granite in there. We don't do the nice, we do the builder grade, you know, lighting fixtures, LVP floors, and they look really nice. But when you're trying to do a $650,000 house yeah. and you're using building grade lighting fixtures, cause you don't know any different. Yeah. It's, it's not good. Not yeah. good. So, but yeah, one of the things I've learned, man, is just is stay in your lane. There's going to be a million shiny objects that come your way. Dude, just, if you find one thing in life to do great, do that one damn thing. Like do that and go a hundred miles an hour on that one thing. And then eventually once that one thing is solidified, it's good. You can walk away from it and it's still making you money. Then you go on to number two. But yeah. I just, see a lot of people like, Oh, I do everything. Or if you get a contract, Oh, I do everything. No, you don't like, do you got a good drywall crew? Do you got a good painter? Do you have a good electrician? You always have your go-to. That's right. You know, I mean like even us, I mean, we have a, like probably the strongest person on our staff is our electrician. So I figured out, okay, what can, how can we use this electrician full time to upgrade our properties? And I'm like, bingo, we'll put in can lights in every single rental. Yeah. Like I would never think to put in can lights in a rental, but it's like, Hey, we got a great electrician. He's an asset. He's yeah. available. Let's use that to, to our advantage. That's so, huge. And that's a great strategy right there to keep him busy as well. So he's constantly always working with you. I love mm -hmm. that. Yeah, man. I mean, the more you keep people busy, the more you keep them in your back pocket, and the more you keep people fed, you know, and, and, and consistent in their workflow and their workload. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it just makes everything so much easier. I mean, it takes the, the, the marketing out of it. You don't have to go market for contractors. You don't, go, you don't have to go market for deals because you keep them so fed or like wholesalers. If they know you're going to buy everything they send to you, dude, you're getting every deal. Yeah. They're not going to send it anywhere else or make this huge buyers list of a thousand people. You know, right. A few but people. It, and you're going to be it, one. Yeah, no doubt. It, um, it, it doesn't start like that. And for a lot of new people on here, you have to get to that point. But originally, like when you tell a wholesaler or a realtor and you call them a bunch and you tell them you're going to do something, do it. Yeah. You say you're going to close on a property. Don't try to go in and retrade. I know everybody's retrading on properties right now. I know if I go in, I'm like, Hey, this is what I'm willing to pay. That's what I'm paying for the property. Yeah. I'll do that whole retrading business because I'm looking at speed, efficiency, and volume. 
I'm not trying to squeeze out every little bit of milk out of every single deal. I'm not trying to be like Ben Stiller and meet the parents and milk my deals. You know, I have nipples, Greg. Can you milk me? Nah, bro. <laughs> I want to be able to do business with a lot of people long term. And I need, to be, I need my business to operate with, with speed and volume. And the only way to do that is to make good relationships. That's right. So, and Any other learning curves that you think, uh, you know, over the years that has really helped you either with tenants or um, contractors in general? Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, when, when I first started out with uh, buying, these, buying these houses, um, you know, we, we started off with one. One turned in uh, before I left my job. I had 16. Uh, the day I quit my job, we bought, I bought 16 houses in one day in a triplex. So, and then walked out of my job. Those different like levels, once you get more on your plate, you have to, there's less and less that you can do. Like the more properties you have, the more you have accounting work or yeah. the, you know, the more, more residents you have. I don't call tenants tenants. I call them residents. Just sounds better to me. But uh, you know, the more residents you have, dude, I mean, the, the more problems you're going to have, the more maintenance you're going to have, you know, um, so the, the scalability in any business, you know, if you do one flip, it's like, oh, I made 50 grand on my first flip or 100 grand on my first flip. Okay, do five of them at the same time. Let's see if you make 100 grand on each flip. Yeah, doesn't work that way. So you have to account for the scale and the volume. And I think that's what a lot of people are kind of missing out on. They don't really get that. They just see the initial number they see on HGTV or whatever and think that it's, that's what it is every time. And it's not. It's not. I mean, especially if you want to have a full-fledged real estate business or an operation, there's economies of scale in this stuff. And, and you, you, that's something you kind of have to figure out along the way, but you have to account for that. I think that's what a lot of people are missing out on and don't account for. It. I love it. So, yeah. yeah. As far as a learning curve, man, that, that's been a huge, huge learning curve. You know, you start putting people on payroll, man, starts adding up real quick. Yeah, that's true. That's good. Uh, cool. So as far as, uh, you know, hiring on contractors, do you have any recommendations on that or how do you go about it? Yeah, for sure. Uh, we got one guy, like I said, I'm super old school, super old school. Yeah. So I was in the, uh, I went, I, I live in a small town just outside of Columbus. Okay. And usually in small towns, you have a lot more contractors. Here's another tidbit for you too. You have a lot of community banks. Okay, so if you need that bank that you're able to leverage, yes, yep, absolutely, they make the rules, not you. Yeah. Um, so that, uh, so what I did is I went to the coffee shop, went over to the bulletin board, and said, "Hmm, I got to find me some contractors." So I just started pulling off every business card I found, and then we just set up a little call system, brought them to the office, interviewed them, and dude, we we got two great contractors out of that. And because they're so stuck in these small towns where there's not as much work going on and as there is in these big, bigger cities, Dude, they, they worked out great. So if you guys are trying to market for contractors, I mean, you know, you guys are trying to set these funnels and the, and this and that, like just go where they, where, where they go, which is, yeah. you know, if they go to a coffee shop and they're a contractor, I'm guaranteeing you that, Hey, they're probably decent because they went to the coffee shop. Not saying that all people who go to coffee shops are good people, but <laughs> you know, I didn't go in a hardware store to find Joe the contractor. I went in the coffee shop to find Bill the contractor. Yeah. So just a little little nugget right there. Yeah, that's good. You know, I, because I, I've personally had um, my fair share of struggles when it comes down to hiring on, a, you know, contractors. 
and just getting people to be like a man or a woman of their word it's tough especially transparency from long distance you know that's transparency is huge you know being in in that communication how are, how are you finding good contractors let me ask you that yeah so at first i wasn't doing it the correct way i was well i was looking up anybody that i could and then i would just have them i'd talk to them on the phone then i'd have them come to the house and uh and i would typically just fly out there for that situation you know screen 10 of them and then pick you know the best two yeah um but even that has bit me in the ass several times so uh now i strictly only go with the referrals yeah referrals are great referrals have like saved my life when it comes down to contractors but even with that, there's there's not enough, you know, the work comes out great, um, but timing and uh, has been an issue on certain occasions. And just overall, you know, there, there's not enough good contractors that are getting recommended within this small area that yeah. I'm investing in. So, you know, they're, it's, it's hard because they're all staying busy. Yeah, for sure. They, and, they're, and they're all busy right now. Yeah. Everyone's busy. When the market turns, they're going to be the first people crying about not having any work. Yep. They want to charge whatever they want to charge and not do everything to completion right now. Market turns, they're going to be crying for work. Yep. It just One of the things I found is like, dude, your, your word is everything. Like if you tell people like, you know, one of the things that we do is we do pay, we don't do that 30 day net stuff or anything like that. I mean, you turn in your stuff by Wednesday, dude, you're getting paid with a, with a direct deposit on Friday. We'll That's run cool. around. We have someone that checks all our work on Thursday to see their percentage completion and there's a deposit there. Why that's great is they don't have to float payments at that point. So, because they don't have to worry about us going back to the bank, getting a draw, waiting on that check, meeting them for a handwritten check. Dude, just send in your stuff on Wednesday, your percentage completion. On Thursday, we'll have someone go and check out the work, okay? And we go to all our projects on Thursdays. You'll have a direct deposit on Friday given that you sign your lien waiver. That's it. That's all you gotta do. Yeah. So, but it, but the the other part too is you know you got to set your expectations up front. You got to get your scope of work signed off on. You got to get your lien waiver signed. Um, you know when you say you're gonna pay someone on pay schedule, pay them on the pay schedule. Um, it's just it comes down to everyone just literally living up to their to their word. Yeah. You know? So. Now, when you started building up this business and and you got it to the scale where it is today, you know. <laughs> When was it the good time that you felt to start hiring on and start building? Because now you have an office full, right? Um, yeah, we do. We've got eight full-time employees, yeah. Yeah. So Nine, yeah. Recommendations to anybody getting started, you know, when is the right time or will you feel that type of feeling? Was it just getting so overwhelming that, you know, you needed to start hiring on people? Yeah, and it, we're team members here at KPREG, by the way. Yeah. Team members, no employees. We're team members. That's right. um, but yeah, man, it, what the, uh, the the scale? You know, when I when I had when I quit my job and I we had I had thirty seven units. It was basically me and and one of my boys became my maintenance guy. Uh -huh. So we it was it was a good scale. I mean, we we managed that for a while. It was good. You start growing, um, and eventually that one maintenance person isn't enough. You got to grow, and um, there's a big jump from thirty to you know, uh, where we're at now, 200, just over 200 units, there's a big jump. So with that said, you know, I went the third party management route and I said, okay, maybe, maybe the, maybe these people are professionals and, you know, 
maybe this is the route to go. When I went that route and I lost all control and I'm a huge control freak. I'm like, I, I don't know if I can take my hands off the steering wheel. Um, that was, that was like a shock because nothing's performing the way that it should perform. Things aren't getting leased up the way they should get leased up. Residents are had, there was way more maintenance when they took over, even from front to back, my full 12 months. And then I did another 12 month stint with another property management company and it just, it wasn't good. And, um, you know, I don't, it was nothing on, you know, uh, wasn't anything malicious on their part. It's just, no one's going to manage your, your, your properties better than you, That's you right. know, because you're invested, you know? Um, now one interesting thing you can do is bring on a manager, give them a little sliver of the pie, give them some equity. I haven't done that, but, um, but you know, we, uh, there, there, there's a scale to it. And so when I, uh, basically it was, was it this May, no June, this June, we took back our entire portfolio from all these third party management companies, yeah. took it a hundred percent back. I uh, got an office building in the middle of downtown and we just started hiring, you know, the first hire was a property manager, you know, get them on board full time. You know, the next hire was an office assistant, you know, someone to answer the phone, someone to enter bills, someone to, you know, scan checks, dude, scanning checks is like, I mean, out of, out of the month, it's probably a two day process, you know, just cause you get a lot of money orders, checks, this and that, and you got to account for it in the accounting process. You know, so that's things you don't realize, you know, when you have a property or two. Yeah. Um, then our next hire was a, was a leasing agent. Um, so that was kind of our office hires. And then it's like, okay, well now we have to have maintenance tech. So, um, we hired on, I, I had my one maintenance tech that was with me beforehand, just kind of helping out with rehabs. And literally I had to have a guy that would go through after rehab and just fix all of our contractors like screw ups. So he was the first maintenance tech. Then we hired the second and we hired the third. We just hired a fourth. Um, and so, and then you just, and then from this point, it's just a feel thing, you know, whose workload is more at what point and either how can I use technology to remove their workload yeah. or I need to figure out how to take it from them. And if I don't want to take it from them, then I got to look into trying to hire that, that person out again. Mm -hmm. So like right now, like one of our biggest, pro one of our biggest struggles is leasing properties. Now, granted it's December, it's cold. Um, We've, we just rehabbed uh, 13 units um, and put them all on the market all within two weeks. That's, I mean, it's a lot. So um, that's something that, that we're looking into, you know, are, are we understaffed on the, on the leasing side, you know, or how can we absorb that into the rest of the company? So I love that. Now with uh, long winded answer on, on that one, by the way, I love it. It's good. It's all gold. So I appreciate it. I have um, when it comes down to renting out, so many units that you have all at once right now in the middle of winter. Do you uh, do any like virtual tours, like pay somebody to do a virtual tour and then kind of put that up or send somebody a link or have that link available for anybody? Absolutely. It's so funny. You said that uh, we just had a guy take uh, 3d pictures or did yeah. the 3d virtual walkthrough of three different yeah. properties today. That's yeah. awesome. Uh, yeah. One, one for, for uh, just to, you know, just to have it, but two uh, Blackstone, uh, the big hedge fund that owns like 44,000 single family units. Yep. When I looked at it, I'm like, how are they managing all this scattered site stuff? That's one of the things that they do. Yep. So that way you're inside the property without even going. Yeah. It's and if you gold. get a 30 day notice or somebody is about to end their lease, then you could always just start marketing it before they actually, um, you know, mm -hmm. end up getting out and your turnover rate is very minimum. If, especially if you get to tour the place, like a week before they, they leave and you can see what kind of damages you're going to have to, you know, uh, walk into. Yeah. I mean, you think about it like this, like 
you pay $99 to get a virtual walkthrough walk walking tour done. Yeah. Or you have a leasing agent that you're going to pay that one day. Yeah, exactly. Or two days. Yeah. I mean, it's no brainer. I love it. Absolute no brainer. Cool. So, um, let me see what other, uh, you know, any, any gold nuggets that you would like to give anybody just getting started out there that hasn't taken action yet? Dude. Yes. Do not like, I just posted this on Facebook this morning cause it really hit heavy. Uh, we just leased out a property on, um, uh, what was it last week? And I uh, had the pictures I put it up on Instagram. It got a lot of, a lot of traction on Instagram and Facebook and LinkedIn. And it, it, it was like the third rental that I, that I purchased. And I it, just looking back at, you know, that was six years ago yeah. and looking at, you know, the compound interest. I mean, the rent started at nine twenty five. Now it's 1250. You know, the property I purchased for, I think it was 50,000, uh, or no, three, $326. Cause it's my sister's birthday. Uh -huh. Um, yeah, there's a common theme there. Yeah. Um, and now it's worth about a buck 40. Yeah. Um, but there's been a lot, there's been a lot of work in between there, but, um, but yeah, there, um, you know, that, that particular property, for instance, man, it was a, it, it was a, it was a springboard. You know, we've refinanced that property five times. Don't be afraid to go into debt. Don't think you know that know everything. Like if I knew how much the budget was to really redo that place, I would have never bought it. You know, we were probably in that place for 70 and it was probably barely worth 70 at the time. Yeah. But over six years, property values doubled. We were able to pull money from that property, you know, to use it as a springboard to buy more. And it's produced cash flow over the over the last six years. And so, so like great also that, you know, all that money that you put into it in the beginning has helped probably eliminate a lot of the maintenance over time because your capital expenditures, you know, you're having I bet you your, your maintenance has been very minimal because you know, everything was remodeled in the beginning. Yep. 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 Absolutely. 100%. And that way I don't have to go back in and spend money on maintenance and this and that. And it allows you the time to be able to actually get residuals and grow, which is the whole point of the rental game anyway. Um, so yeah, man, I, I think that's, that, that's a, that's a huge, huge gold nugget. You, you know, if you're, if you're looking to get into this game, don't overthink it. It's very, very easy, it's, especially on the rental side. I mean, yeah, acquire the property. If it's not a great, it doesn't have to be a great deal. It's just got to be a single. Just get on base, man. And then guess what? All you got to do is figure out how to get on base again. Yeah. And then all you got to do is figure out how to get on base again. Then you take a bunch of these properties, you get in the bank, and you say, hey, these properties I bought for X, now they're worth Y. I need my money. Give me my money in between. And then you take your money and you go, and it's, it's a very simple business, man. It's, I mean, nothing has changed in this business in God knows how long, you know, maybe some loan terms, things like that. But I mean, the business itself is the same, yeah. you know, um, nothing's changed. So, you know, and if you guys are looking for any consolation, um, think about it. I mean, th this besides prostitution is one of the oldest professions on the planet. You know what I mean? So, I mean, you think about it. People have been getting rich in the landlord game for what? Two, four, 10,000 years. I don't know how old we are. You know what I mean? Millions, who knows, depending on what you believe. So, yeah, dude. I mean, if all these people have done it time and time again, what's to say that you can't? That's you know? right. And there's no, and like Grant Cardone always says, no technology will ever take out the properties that I purchase. Nothing can. People always need space until they figure out like how we can exist in like computer land and not in like real physical space. That's the only thing that takes real estate away. Yeah. 
It's true. That's some, that's some Neil deGrasse Tyson stuff right there. Yeah, that's deep. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, uh, how can anybody, you know, get a hold of you? Yeah, man. Uh, you can always uh, reach me directly. Uh, I'm on Instagram. Uh, Terry, that's T-A-R-R-Y, Summers. I uh, just changed it to the number two. So uh, since I am the second. So that's T-A-R-R-Y, Summers, two. And on Instagram, you can look me up on Facebook, T-A-R-R-Y, Summers. Uh, you can also look me up on LinkedIn, or you can shoot me a direct email, guys, a direct email. I'm going to give you a direct email. It's Terry, T-A-R-R-Y at K-P-R-E-G, okay? That's keypalmrealestategroup.com. I love it. So is there anything that the listeners can do to actually give back value to you? Um, yeah, man, for sure. For sure. Um, we are definitely, um, we're, we're starting to, uh, spin off some other legs of our business. You know, number one is starting to be taken care of. So we're, uh, we're, we're definitely spinning off number two and three right now. We're working on that. And so for right now, Brandon, really what we're doing is we're just creating a huge massive awareness to our business, what we're doing, projects we're working on. So, you know, if, uh, you know, we throw some up on social media, please follow me on social media guys. Uh, I'm constantly on there. I'm constantly in your face and showing you what, what's going on in our business. Uh, you know, show, show some love, show some hate if you want to. Uh, doesn't matter, but just show me something. Show that's, me something. You just got to take action and do something around here. <laughs> that's, that, that's it. That's it, man. Um, I, I do want to say this, though, too, man, is like, you know, you know when I first got started, there was, uh, there was a lot of self-doubt. There was a lot of fear. There was... Um, just a lot of second thoughts, Brandon, a lot of second thoughts. Yeah. And that's completely normal, completely normal. It's all part but of the process. It is, it is. But, you know, for, for me, this is a physical, physical asset. It's a physical, you know, you, I can touch, feel, and see the asset. It's not like stocks, you know? You're yeah. In control it's like imaginary, man. It's like, oh, boom, poof. Yeah. You know, politician said this and oh, now it's worthless. There's nothing anybody can say about my house that makes it worthless. Yeah. You know, as a matter of fact, it probably draw, draw attention to it. Now it's worth more. Exactly. So, and it's just, it's the oldest profession. It's just, you know, you look at what people have done before us and you, all you're doing is repeating it. You're just recreating it. And that's the real estate life cycle. So um, don't second guess yourself too, too much. It's a very simple business. It's very easy. Find a property, make relationships, get it fixed up, go to the bank and say, give me my money. It's very simple. <laughs> in that fashion, in that order. <laughs> in that fashion, in that order. That's right. You know, at the end of the day, 1,700 millionaires in just America are made every single day. Millionaires through real estate. 90% of, you know, successful people, millionaires and above, whatever you want to consider success, has 90% 90, 90 of their wealth comes from real estate. So, you know. Oh, yeah. Statistics are out there. It shows it. So if if you're not jumping into real estate and taking action on it and just, you know, dealing with one thing at a time will really eliminate that stress. And the more education you take on and really start developing as well as, you know, it's one thing to read in the book. That's going to be great education, but then you got to go out there and live it and actually be a part of it. That's where that other second part of education really comes into play. You know, the fear will start getting eliminated because of the confidence is getting built up. You know exactly what to do. So um, if you guys have any questions whatsoever, definitely reach out to either of us. And uh, Terry, I appreciate you, brother. Nothing but gold. Hey, man, I, I appreciate you, man. I appreciate you having me on. Um, and uh, I will definitely be sharing this, man. And for anyone that doesn't have 
your book and is not subscribed to this thing, man, you gotta, you gotta get on that. You gotta get on that. That's right. You know, listen up, man. I, I, too many people are listening to, uh, you know, people that might, that, that, you know, like, like I love Grant Cardone. Don't get me wrong, but man, like everyone aspires to be up here, but dude, just, just get freaking started, man. Just get started. It's so true. It is. Yeah. You know, at the end of the day, Anybody that actually jumps on to, I have a big goal to get this podcast in front of a million people in the next few years. And that's to really help educate, motivate, and prepare people to take action. Because what it's done for people like, you know, Terry and myself, not just me, but my family and my friends around me is really starting to impact our lives in a whole different manner. You know, something I could never imagine. So yeah, no doubt. That, that freedom is unbelievable. And it's something that I feel like everybody, you know, if you just had a couple rental properties, it would be life changing. So that's why I'm so passionate about it and getting other people interested in real estate investing. If you jump on iTunes, leave a review, subscribe, that just helps push it out there. It, it has all the special algorithms to, to help get it out there to more people and just send a screenshot of that to me. I will send you my book action driven, absolutely free. And, uh, and there's a lot of storytelling in here of me, my personal stories, um, you know, growing up, very humble experiences, a lot of craziness. You'd be surprised. And, uh, and there's things I've, I've been known as somebody that always takes action. So this will definitely give the breakdown of what I do on a daily basis to be able to build that momentum, live without fear and conquer things on a daily basis. Uh, with that being said, you guys can always follow me on any social media, Brandon Elliott Investments, um, on Instagram, Facebook, Facebook slash Facebook.com slash Brandon Elliott REI, and then the website, Brandon Elliott um, Like always, if you found value in this, make sure you share it, subscribe, and look forward to the next podcast episode coming out next Monday. So, hey, I want my book because I'm leaving a review. That's right. That's right. I want my book. <laughs> Leave a review and subscribe. Send that screenshot. I'll send you the screenshot, baby. <laughs> All right, guys. Till next time. Hey, thanks fun. for having me, brother. Thank you. This has been another episode of Ready, Set, Go! Real Estate Investing Podcast. Brought to you by Brandon Elliott. For more information, please visit BrandonElliottInvestments.com. Also, please don't forget to like, share, and leave a comment below. Thanks again for joining. Until next time, God bless.